Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Hungry for More. I'm your host, Al Smith, the Pipe Padre, and I want to, of course, uh, wish you all a, a blessed summer. The good warm weather is here to stay uh, in North America, uh, but uh, my guest today is in Australia, so it's winter for them. Uh, I'm sure he's not going to talk about snow, but he's going to be talking about the Lord and what God has done in his life. I'm going to have Charbel Raish from Perusia Media from Australia on the program today. And we're going to talk about faith, we're going to talk about culture, we're going to talk about many things. Uh, but you'll be uh, very uh, blessed to uh, hear his message of how God has worked in his life. And uh, again, we need prayer. We need to ask for God's intercession. And uh, St. Teresa of Avila is one of my favorite saints. So we always begin our program with a prayer. So please, I'll have my producer, Kent Kowalski, bring that up. And I'd ask you to join me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Nothing is wanting to him who possesses God. God alone suffices. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Love that uh, prayer. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. We live in crazy times today. And, uh, you know, no matter where you are in the world, um, there is trouble, but there is always that message of salvation, the glorious um, liberty of being free, knowing that uh, you are a child of God. And, uh, of course, for those who, uh, of course, have found the Catholic faith, um, God bless you. And we pray that uh, the faith will increase. But uh, I do have a good friend that's going to join me today on the show who has been sharing the faith and has been sharing uh, the joy that comes from knowing Jesus. And that's my good friend Charbel Reich from uh, Perusia Media in Australia. Charbel, welcome to Hungry for More. Thank you very much, uh, Alan, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, you're welcome. And, you know, I kid about the weather in the sense that I live in Canada. Uh, my producer, Kent Kowalski, lives in the United States of America. And uh, of course, it is summer, so uh, we're dealing with the unbearable heat. Uh, but uh, you, my friend, are in Australia. 
and so uh, you are in the throes of winter. So um, again, it's just kind of neat, but um, uh, we're blessed, I think, in our culture, of course, in Canada and you in Australia, that we have four seasons in a year. And so uh, sometimes we get all four seasons, it seems, in a week with the weather. But uh, I'm sure you're um, you know, managing well in Australia. I don't know what the temperature is today. If it's, uh, We deal with Celsius here in Canada and our friends in America deal with uh, Fahrenheit, but um, would you be 60 yeah. degrees today, 50? Um, in Celsius, I can answer that question. So it's about 18, 18 okay. 17 degrees at the moment. It's not too cold, so it's okay. Yeah, so that's, that's 65 degrees for our American friends, if you're trying to want. We had to um, convert. In 1972, uh, the country of Canada was on an imperial measure, and then they converted to, um, you know, Celsius and liters and uh, the metric system. And so I had to learn the metric system uh, when I was a young child. So uh, it's fresh. So I know the conversions quite, quite well. So anyway, I but do speaking of the metric system. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. But speaking of conversion, uh, you, of course, uh, are in the, I like to say, the conversion business in that you get to uh, share the love of Christ with so many people. But uh, your story is very unique. And um, uh, some of our audience know of your story. But for those who are new to you, and um, uh, please uh, give us a little introduction and a little bit of your faith journey. And I think, um, again, it'll be a good starting point for us today. So uh, please share, Sherbell. Yeah, th thank you, Alan. Um, it, it's been amazing. It's been 21 years since uh, we got to this point where I finally put the story into a book form. So I, I do want to just, I'm holding it here, but how Islam led me back to Christ. And that's that's the book that's finally available um, at our website. But uh, 21 years ago, I remember um, living a very uh, secular life. So uh, a bit of a background. I wasn't born in an Islamic family. I was born in a, a Maronite Catholic family. So um, my mother is born and raised in Lebanon. My father is actually, although his background was Lebanese, he was born and raised in Colombia. So he was born there. Um, his mother was from Colombia. His father uh, born in Colombia, but his grandfather was from Lebanon. So I'm sort of a mixture of uh, South American and Middle Eastern uh, in one. Uh, he met my mother in Lebanon. Um, they got married at such a young age. Her dad was only 17 years old. Mum was only 14 years old. Uh, they got they married. Then they moved back to Colombia, lived there for six years. And then they had a couple of kids and then they came to Australia. Uh, during that time, my mother's family uh, uh, left, uh, migrated from Lebanon to Australia and settled in Sydney. And, uh, and so I was born here in Sydney, Australia. And uh, we were raised... Um, as a, I think in the early days, as a normal Catholic family, um, we, we went to mass on Sunday. It was, um, but a lot of it didn't make sense to me. Uh, I did all my sacraments, but when I got to um, basically my first Holy Communion, that would have been one of the one of the last times I re received communion on a regular basis, and I stopped sort of going to church regularly. Um, unfortunately, we we did pray the Rosary in the in the family home before that, but then that stopped. Um, as well and so leading into high school we went to a public high school a state high school and um, that's when I came across lots of Islamic friends and all my friends they 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 looked like me you know with the Middle Eastern appearance but they were not Christians they were Muslims and so for six years um, I was influenced by my Islamic friends now they were not religious themselves in the early years um, they lived a pretty rough life so 
I remember in those early in early high school, um, just the the school was rated as the worst school in the state for the wrong reason. So it would make the news headlines because of the amount of violence that would happen there, vandalism, uh, the drug trade. Uh, there would be so many um, so many stories in the news for the you know wrong reasons. Um, it reminds me of there's a movie called Lean on Me um, with Morgan Freeman in it and that was sort of paints a picture of what our school was like, you know, graffiti everywhere, um, you know, vandalism everywhere, fights every day. So it was a rough place. But, um, but I have to say, I did build my friendship, my circle of friends. We respected each other. I never felt unsafe. Um, I felt like I was one with the boys. The friend, it was a boys' school. But uh, by the time I got to the high school, an Islamic uh, imam came. And that's where I was, I was invited to, to see what, he had to say, and because half the, the school was Islamic, um, we all went and, and to listen to him. And I was amazed to see around the place, all these uh, Muslim friends of mine sitting there listening and paying attention to this religious man. And I thought, wow, it's interesting. Um, we never used to sit in classroom, <laughs> um, quiet and, and respectful to the teacher. What is going on? Um, what does this man have that none of the teachers have? And uh, that had an impact on me. I remember respecting the fact that these guys respected the, the, the Muslim religious man. He had a long beard. He had a white um, gown, a white hat. And I just thought, wow, interesting. I was invited to go to the mosque that day. And I did. Um, and I, I went there and it was the Grand Mosque of Australia. So out of all the mosques in the country, this was like the, the cathedral, if you like. Uh, it was the main one. So uh, I was invited to go there, which I did. And there was a room upstairs um, and I was joining um, about 30 or 40 men um, for lunch. And we were, were having lunch. Once we finished lunch, we then um, had a chat and just sitting on the floor there, um, the Muslim man just asked me a simple question. How do you Christians pray? And I had the only prayer I could think of was the Our Father. So I started to recite the Our Father and I got to about halfway and he stopped me and he said, why do you call God Father? And I said, because he is. And he said, well, do you have an earthly father? I said, yes. And he says, why are you putting on God human? Why are you putting on God human attributes? And I thought, oh, I never thought of it that way. He said, it's very disrespectful to go call God Father. And so, okay, I didn't know that. But right away, it was sort of, one zero uh, to him. So I'm, I'm a bit of a sporty guy growing up, played rugby um, and loved our sport. But in my mind, I somehow naively thought I could make a Christian out of these guys, even though I wasn't practicing my faith. I, I followed Christianity just like I followed my sporting team. I was just a fan of Christianity. And, uh, and that was the problem. I didn't know my faith. I didn't have a relationship with God. And so I had no response. Uh, then he said, who taught you that prayer? And I said, oh, Jesus did. And he said, and so who is Jesus? And I say, God. And he says, so God was speaking to himself, was he? And I thought, yeah, that does sound pretty weird. Um, Jesus talking to the Father. And I said, no, I'm, no, I'm sure it's not to himself. It's, it's God to God, but they're different. And I couldn't explain it. I was only eight, I was 18 years old. And he said, okay, um, 
um, but what, why, why do you say that? I said, well, Jesus is not God. He's the son of God. And I said, oh, that's right. And then he said, oh, okay. So is, is he God or the son of God? Which one? I said, he's both. Um, and then he said, okay, so how can God have a son? And I was like, oh, I, he just did have a son. I, I, I can't explain it to you, but I just know he has a son. Then he, he moved on to say, okay, I, I imagine you're going to say you believe in the Holy Spirit as well. I said, yes. What is the Holy Spirit? And I had no idea how to explain it. <laughs> I just said, uh, all I could think of was the sign of the cross. Um, we say the Holy Spirit in the Trinitarian formula, but I just, I didn't know how to respond. So here I am bombarded with the questions and I had no idea how to respond. And I realized very quickly, I did not know my faith. I didn't understand it. It didn't make any sense. And I really was just dumbfounded. I thought, wow, it doesn't make any sense at all. Then he invited me to close my eyes and say in Arabic, there is only one God and his prophet Muhammad. And I did. And, uh, and I said the Shahada prayer, basically. It was the initiation into Islam. So when I opened my eyes, he said, welcome, brother. And I became a Muslim at that point, according to the, the typical ritual. They gave me a, a white um, gown and a white towel. And I had a shower, washed away my old life, started fresh. And during the shower, I have to say this, this was an interesting moment. I was very nervous because I was just about to change my life, change my religion. And I had this urge to pray, but I, I didn't know any other prayer other than the Our Father or the Hail Mary. And so I started to recite the Our Father, then the Hail Mary. And then I said another Hail Mary. I said enough Hail Marys to get me through the shower. And it worked out to be a decade of the rosary. And uh, by the last Hail Mary, I was putting on the white gown and I said, amen. And I hear this little whisper, um, not yet, not yet, twice. And I thought, was that our lady? Was she talking to me? Um, and I, I took my white gown off. I put my normal clothes back on, went back to the main area. And, the, and, and Sheikh Ahmed is his name. He said, um, what's wrong? I said, look, I don't know my faith. It's not fair that I leave something I don't know. Let me study it. And then if God wants me to be a Muslim, uh, he'll show me. And he said, fair enough. I said, please pray for me because I want the truth. And he said, of course. Then I, I just had this urge to ask him a question. There was only one question I had. Uh, excuse me, Sheikh, but in Islam, a man is allowed to marry four wives. How is that possible? And how is that right in God's eyes? And he said, oh, good question. Um, not every man is um, allowed to have four wives, only those who can treat them equally. Now, here I am thinking, how could you treat uh, more than one person equally, especially when it comes to love uh, like that? And I said, look, I, I don't know how you could love more than one equally. Uh, you're always going to have a favorite. And he said, look, um, uh, does your mother love her children equally? And I thought, I'm only 18. I didn't have any uh, theology of the body background or any study or understanding of the church's teaching. But I just thought the love between husband and wife is very different than the love between um, ch uh, parents and children and and his answer to me was love is love and I thought interesting okay I wasn't happy with that answer so I walked I walked away thanked him and I went home and I was very late from school you can imagine my mother was like where were you and I said I was just at the mosque and she said what <laughs> now this is a, a you know a traditional Maronite mother who was very prayerful and to hear her son go to the mosque, it was just <laughs> shattering for her. She gave me this huge slap across the face. I could still feel it today. 
And she said, go now to the church and ask Jesus if he wants you to be a Muslim or a Christian. And whatever he tells you, um, you I'm not going to stop you. I said, fair enough. So I went to the church. It was St. Michael's uh, Parish there in Sydney. It was open. It was one of the few churches in the country open 24 hours. So thanks be to God. So a big plug for any church out there. If you leave just one door unlocked, allow people to come and pray. Oh, it's so powerful. But um, I got to go in and I noticed the red light on. And what, a flashback when I was in primary school, we call it primary school. I'm not sure. I think it's elementary school where you are or I'm not sure if you call it primary school. But um, uh, primary school, they taught me in religion class uh, when the red light is on, Jesus is present. And I thought, okay, Jesus, if you are really there, show me. Do you want me to be a Muslim or a Christian? And I want a sign and make it obvious. I, that was, now, let me tell you, I've, I've prayed a lot of rosaries as a young person. I went to mass in the early years. It's been a long time since going to church. But at this point, I, I can truly say it was the first time I, I truly prayed because I was directly asking Jesus for a sign and I really was looking for something. And um, 30 minutes of dead silence, nothing happened. But I couldn't get my eyes off that box, the tabernacle. And uh, this elderly woman came in, lit a candle, and she got my attention. I thought, what a holy woman. She's going to heaven. And then another flashback, one of the um, uh, discussions I had with my Muslim friends was, in order to get to heaven, uh, you have, you'll face your judge, and you have to answer three questions. One is, who is God? And you have to answer this with only one word, Allah. It, it's, not, it's not Elohim. It's not um, Father. It's not, it's not any of the any other type of God. It is just Allah, the Arabic word for God. Um, then who is uh, his prophet? It's not John the Baptist or Moses. It's, you have to say Muhammad. And who is, what is the true religion? It's obviously according to Islam, it's Islam. Um, so if you get any of one of those questions wrong, According to the Islamic doctrine on Judgment Day, you'll go down to hellfire. And so this woman is obviously not going to answer those three questions. Um, she's going to hell, according to Islam. And I thought to myself, that's not right. And I looked back on the tabernacle. And then uh, I started to see a shadow uh, appear, an outline of a, of a face. I know I could work out a beard. Um, it was just, it was like the way, whether the way the light hit the tabernacle and it created this shadow. But I looked away, I looked back, and it wouldn't go away. And as I was looking at this shadow, it, it, it appeared to be what I thought was to be Jesus. And then I, I hear it in a voice, uh, not through my ears, just in my heart. Shabel, are you going to give up all that I've done for you? And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, wow, that's Jesus asking me, am I going to give up on his church, the Catholic faith? I had to answer the question. I said, no, Lord, I'm not going to give you up. Um, and this huge weight came off my shoulders and I could breathe properly. I think, okay, I'm a Catholic. I'm going to remain a Catholic, but now I need to know why. And I, I left, I left that church that day uh, on cloud nine thinking, all right, I'm born and raised in a Catholic home. This is what God wanted from me. Only the one true God can perform all the miracles that the, the Catholics claim. So through all the saint stories, I heard the biblical stories, this is the true God. So I was, I was content with that, but I needed to know, the answers to those questions. And so I was on a mission to, to get those answers. And out of all the parishes, this very parish had um, Lumen Verum apologetics. They would have weekly apologetics classes. 
and guest speakers would come each week to explain the faith. It was just what I needed at that time. And so I turned up and I would, I would listen to these talks. Now, in the early days, I, I couldn't understand most of the uh, terminology because I was talking about the Vatican Council and encyclicals and transubstantiation and all these words I never came across. Um, I wasn't very, to my shame, I, I didn't uh, go too well in high school. Um, and uh, when I got to these classes to sit there for an hour to listen about the faith, it was like a lecture. I just, I couldn't do it. But during Q&A, I'd put my hand up and say, okay, how do we Christians believe in a Trinity? Can you explain that? How do we know that God is actually a father? How can God have a son? Did he actually die on the cross? Did he rise from the dead? How do you prove this? And I wanted to get to the bottom of all these basic questions of our faith. And, and each week I'd get the answers. And so I would go back and it would strengthen my, my, my understanding a little bit more. And I remember for a whole year, I dedicated going to these talks every single week. And I started to love them. And I, I would encourage friends to come with me. And uh, until, um, I, I just have to say this, and, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll finish here, but uh, just a, as a short version. But I, I got to the point where I knew I, I started to go to mass. I went to confession for the first time since my first confession. Um, so it was over 10 years. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, I'm in the faith, but I still don't have a love for prayer. I mean, I know I belong here. I know this is what God is calling to. My mother would go to church all the time and she would be so happy to, to, to spend all night in, in the church. And I'd ask my mother, do you really enjoy prayer? And she said, yes, I love it. I said, seriously, mum, if you, if you could stay in church all day, would you? And she said, absolutely. I said, wow, um, I don't like prayer. I have to be honest. I, I know I have to pray and I, I consider prayer like a chore. It, just like we vacuum the carpet or, or uh, clean the house, we've got to do these things. I feel like prayer is just one of those things we have to do, but I don't really enjoy it. Um, and it, it's quite interesting. I just, just a side note, today's the feast in Australia anyway of St. Ignatius of Loyola. And he talks about this very point of prayer, of consolation and desolation. And, and I, I have to feel, I think I was going through a lot of desolation through prayer, um, the idea of just not, not, not enjoying it at all. And I remember asking my mother, look, I, I can't, I can't, I just don't enjoy it. The, the rosary is just too long. The mass doesn't make sense. All these things um, was, was still not connecting for me. She said, why don't you ask Jesus to help you enjoy prayer? Simple request. So I did a very humble prayer. Jesus, help me to enjoy prayer. That was it. Within a few weeks, I found myself in church every single day visiting the tabernacle for five minutes. Uh, in fact, uh, I remember Fulton Sheen uh, mentioned this, um, uh, the idea of a man who would pa pass by a church and just tap his hat and, and just nod to, to, the, to the knowing that Jesus was in there and just pay his respects. So I had this idea of just popping into the church to say hi to Jesus and then go to work. And I would do this every day. But one minute would become two minutes, would become five minutes. And then I stumbled across daily mass and I sat in there and I felt like I was intruding. And then I remember reading the scriptures and I read uh, Matthew chapter five, the Beatitudes. And I just thought, wow, this Christian God really is, is the real deal. Um, love your enemies. You know, blessed are those who persecute you. So you're just thinking, wow, what sort of God would talk like this? And so I was starting to fall in love with Jesus, with his church, with the Blessed Mother. 
starting to have a relationship with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, praying to them individually, um, the saints, uh, rekindling my patron saints, St. Chabelle, St. Michael, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and all these devotions started pouring, and I would find myself in church every day praying a rosary, a Divine Mercy Chaplet, spending a holy hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament, reading the Bible for half an hour each day, going to daily Mass. I'm thinking, only a few months earlier, I, I couldn't stand doing this, and now I'm doing it. That, the only answer to that is grace. That's God's grace, because I can truly tell you, I did not enjoy prayer until I asked God to help me enjoy prayer, and it radically took me to a whole new level. And I prayed so much, it was like three or four hours a day in church, that my friends noticed the difference, and they thought, are you going to be a monk? <laughs> Do you want to be a priest? And I thought, look, whatever God's will. Um, so after about two years, it was during this time I was listening to Scott Hahn cassettes, EWTN, um, Fulton Sheen's shows were, were so powerful back then. For me, they helped me a lot. Um, uh, just lots of apologetics, lots of scripture studies, and and I started to do short courses on the faith. And uh, it was a, about three years later, I, uh, from my conversion, I, I joined the seminary. I thought maybe maybe God is speaking through my friends. So I did join the seminary in 2003, and uh, I spent a year there. Uh, it was the seminary Cardinal Pell um, was was overseeing, and he, he really really did great there, um, fixed up the place and it was really good um, sound teaching and uh, the, uh, the the format formation there was excellent. We had Archbishop Julian Porteous of Hobart, the rector of the seminary, and I really enjoyed my time. Um, but I just knew from the beginning I was called to marriage. And although in the Maronite rite, married men can become priests, I just wasn't called to, to both. I was called to just marriage or the priesthood. And I just... I, I, this idea of marriage wouldn't leave me. And, um, and so after a year and a half, I, I came back home and um, I met my wife actually very soon after that, a year later, got engaged a year later, got married to the day, uh, July one. And then a year later, we baptized our first son. Um, so uh, July one each year is very special to me. <laughs> um, and uh, now we have seven children and, um, and, and, raising a beautiful family and loving every minute of it. Um, and of course, during that time, uh, founded Perusia in that time after the seminary. Um, yeah, that's another story. I'm happy to, to go into that a bit later, if you like. Wow. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm listening to your story. And I think every mother that's been praying for their sons to come to the faith, their hearts were singing. They were just singing, saying, oh, I just pray that my son would have that same conversion, fall in love with his faith say his prayers. And so uh, you are an answer to prayer, my friend, and uh, you give hope to so many mothers who are praying uh, for their children. And uh, maybe the mothers might have to slap their children. Maybe it was a slap. I'm not so sure, but um, I'm pretty sure that slap did something. <laughs> it did. So uh, I think we laugh about it. I mean, today in this world, it's like you can't even say that, right? It's like, what? You touched your child. Like, but uh, again, those were the good old days, the good old days when parents could do that, right? Uh, without getting a phone call. But anyway, but uh, I tell you, my heart is just singing for joy, hearing of how God, um, not just our, just not just God, but Our Lady was intervening there. And uh, that story yeah. of that rescue that she's there, not yet, not yet. And uh, she's, you know, had her hand on you uh, all of this time. And uh, it's just, I think it's just very appropriate that 
uh, the Blessed Mother is behind you on your set. And um, that's right. I know um, uh, we'll talk a little bit later in the show about the pilgrimage that's coming up, uh, the Rosary pilgrimage that you are sponsoring and uh, many of the other great events that Perusia is doing. So uh, we're going to take a short break and come right back here on Hungry for More. And so please stay tuned and we'll have some questions from our studio audience. Hey everyone, it's Anne DeSantis here to tell you about my new online TV show called Journeys in Faith. Thanks to Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Radio, I'll be interviewing some amazing guests who will share with all of us their journeys in faith. It's going to be great, and I can't wait for you to be introduced to some truly good people who are working hard to bring deeper faith to others. It's all about relationship with God and living out our mission as intentional disciples. Join me on Fridays, Eastern Time, for Journeys in Faith, 8.30 to 9.30. Subscribe at Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry on both Facebook and YouTube. I'll see you Friday, and have a great week. God bless. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this edition of Hungry for More. I have in the house today my good friend Sharbal Raish from Perusia Media in Australia. And uh, we were, uh, of course, sharing a little bit about uh, Charbel's uh, conversion story, and I say conversion story, in that he had a little visit with Islam. And um, again, I think many of us can uh, share that same story in that we've had family members that uh, have left the faith uh, temporarily, uh, gone into other uh, religions, other um, denominations, and I know, of course, it breaks the heart of every parent. Uh, but still, again, uh, nice to know that um, our lady is rescuing her children and bringing them back into the sheepfold. So uh, again, uh, happy ending for you. And of course, a blessed, uh, you're a blessed man to be uh, married with seven children. And uh, when they say uh, children are a blessing from the Lord, you are a blessed man indeed, Charbel. So um, absolutely. Thank you. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Perusia, because I think for you, um, just listening to your story, it's like you feel this great um, you want to give back. You want to share this uh, um, this treasure that's been given to you, and um, you've been on, I think, a mission from God uh, to uh, develop um, technology, to develop a system in place to share the faith. And I know that uh, you've reached over a hundred thousand souls with a number of the programs that you've developed, and of course, literature that you've distributed. I know you have a store uh, on your website, and uh, again, you're just trying to. Uh, go out into the four corners of Australia and now throughout the world to share the gospel. So tell us a little bit about Perusia. Uh, maybe again, your idea, how it started and what it is today. Sure. Um, thank you. Well, I, I am in debt to uh, the very beginning. Those, that apologetics class that I would attend each week was forming me each and every week. And I really learned so much about the faith. And, and they would have at the back of the room these cassettes and St. Joseph communications cassettes, uh, Scott Hahn, 
Tim Staples, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, Steve Ray, all these all these guys, and um, I would take them home, purchase them, listen to them. But I remember um, I, I would consume them, and it was a, it was a retired priest friend of mine, a retired um, Benedictine monk, who gave me my first Scott Hahn set. It was a three cassette um, set that I listened to, and and then he. Um, he really was available for me, uh, this priest, to answer any questions of mine. And so uh, because he was retired, I would actually just go and visit him regularly. And seeing this priest, um, he would have EWTN playing at home. He would have these cassettes. And we used to have regular Bible studies where we'd listen to Scott Hahn, go through a series on, 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 a, on the Gospels or on Genesis or Exodus, or go through the Bible and listen to that. Then we'll pray together and then we'll have a have a drink and, and, and just discuss and it was so it was so um foundational that that built my foundations on formation i said i want to get more of this i've got to share this and i ended up connecting ewtn to my own home and started watching ewtn every day and um listening to the cassettes every day i don't know if people know what the cassettes are there <laughs> it depends of your age of the audience but uh um yeah that they they soon became cds and um i remember going into the seminary listening to Fulton Sheen and, and others. Um, and then it was after the seminary, I wanted to get more of these CDs. And at the time, uh, the distributor in Australia retired. And so I couldn't access these CDs. I was told that I had to go directly to America. So when I made my phone call to St. Joseph's Communications, I called them up. I wanted to order just a $20 set from about Scott Hahn. And uh, it was $20, that was, that was fine. But then it was $50 to ship to Australia. So I thought, what? So $70 to get this single set. I said, there's got to be an easier way to do this. Um, and so they, they um, invited me to become a distributor. And they said, if you don't know anyone who would distribute, would you like to do it? I said, what's involved? And they explained, you, you take the master uh, CD from us um, and then you manufacture it locally, eliminates the shipping and you pay us a royalty. I said, wow, that, that's interesting. And they said, you just need a website, a, a name, and, and place your first order. So I, I had a friend, um, Anthony Suka, good friend of mine, who is a quadriplegic. He coded our first website. We came up with a name together, Perusia. We, we wanted some sort of, we started with some Latin names, then some, um, some Hebrew names, and then we came across this Greek name, Perusia. And uh, we, we wanted something about the second coming. And uh, this, 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 word popped up and we thought oh, it, fit, it feels nice perusia media maybe that's the word and so we 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 went for it and uh, we had a little angel blowing a trumpet as the logo and and in 2005 we launched um perusia media and uh and we started to to order the first set of cds we ordered about 20 and manufactured them locally and then i would go around different bookstores or friends and and just let them know hey we got scott hahn cds and it was just a bucket, um, like a box with all these CDs in it. I'd have it sitting in the boot of my car or the trunk. Um, and people would know that I could, they could get CDs from me. And so that's how it started. And after a few years, uh, I have to say, Anthony Suka was excellent. Uh, he coded our website with his mouth. He had a mouthpiece and he would code in the old way. I mean, we're talking about when websites needed code. It wasn't drag and drop stuff. It was literally coding and it would take a long time just to put a, a word or a, a space or a capital letter and so he he did amazing there um and so we launched and after four years um 
I was still studying. I was doing a theology degree, master's degree. Um, so I was actually going to uni as a mature age student by now. So I, I didn't have a degree behind me. So I did a, a, a personal um, a phys physical education degree. Then I went into theology. Um, and, and so it's funny, I, I, I've, I wasn't really a good high school student, but it, once I found my faith, I had an appetite to learn more. And then I ended up uh, as, a, as a mature age student to go to do church level. I've got two degrees now and it, it's quite interesting. I laugh at it now because if you asked me in high school, what would I want to be? It was going to be something to do with sport, but here I am doing something completely different. But I um, noticed in 2009, we had, we had World Youth Day in Sydney, 2008, and, and there was this great um, uh, explosion of um, apostolates. So these lay ministries started to form and lots of young, young groups started to form as a result of World Youth Day. And in 2009, we wanted to keep that momentum going. So I thought, can we get Scott Hahn to Australia? So I invited him. He was not available. So I thought, who is the next speaker in line to come? And Tim Staples had a large range of, of, of cassettes. And uh, we invited him. He, he since moved to Catholic Answers at the time. And so he came to Sydney in July of 2009. And... He gave 16 talks just in Sydney over six days, and we estimate over 6,000 people turned up. We basically had, um, we moved around parish to parish. We had, we had all these different talks organized, Theology on Tap, Faith Formation Nights. Um, the very parish I had my conversion, um, we, you know, we, every event was packed. We just passed buckets around for donations, and that was it, left it to Divine Providence. I was teaching full time and, and would do these sort of events during my school holidays. And, um, and that's how it started. We thought, okay, people are hungry for, for this. We need to do this again. So the following year, 2010, we invited uh, Father Mitch Pacwa from EWTN, uh, Steve Ray and Alex Jones, Deacon Alex Jones, who's passed away. Uh, may he rest in peace. But he came out. He was a Pentecostal convert. So the three of them came out together. Between the three of them, they gave 40 talks over 20 days straight. Um, so what happened was they tag teamed. So I had one week with, with one, the other week, another, another week, another, and I sort of went back to back to back. So, so they, they, they each came out for about seven to 10 days, but I, we were nonstop and we went to five different cities and over 10,000 people were reached as a result. And again, just passing buckets around. By this time, the church sort of was taking note of who we are, what's going on, who is this teacher doing this in the holidays? And and so we got approached by uh, Australian Catholic University, um, by um, a bunch of other schools. And they said, can we get, could you organize some of these speakers to come to our school? And by then what started to happen was I, I found myself running out of time. I was full-time teaching and doing this on the side. And I thought maybe I need to go to part-time. So I dropped my hours in teaching. And in 2011, I actually said, I need to go to America and, and just build a relationship with these speakers and, and apostolates and, and I did I just went on my own in in, a, in the summer school holidays um, that was January for us um, and I went and I literally went from San I went to um, LA St. Joseph Communications I met Scott Hahn there which was great and I drove down I hired a car I drove on the other side of the road <laughs> drove down to San Diego met Catholic Answers um, and met the team there I flew across to Birmingham Alabama and I met um, Father Mitch Pacwa and, and Doug Keck and, and Michael Walsall and the whole team at EWTN. Um, then I flew up to, um, uh, 
was it Sugarloaf? I met Raymond D'Souza and, um, and, and teeing up with him. And then went to, um, um, it was Chicago and then back to San Francisco uh, and then back home. So I remember going around the States and just, I needed to connect with these guys, let them know we exist. And it was 10 days straight all over America and, and we had great partnerships. So by the end of it, the idea was Perusia started to distribute all their resources. We started to represent them in Australia and we started to, to do a lot more um, events. So we had about six different tours that year and I was part-time working. After a few years, we had about 20 or, or so tours, uh, reached about 100,000 people by then. And, um, and, and then it came to this uh, moment where it was, it was starting to get tough. We had baby five on the way and uh, St. Joseph um, uh, was, was someone we were praying to because uh, we, we named our child Joseph after him because he found us a house. We needed a bigger home. We needed um, office space and he found us an office. I got a, an office in the school that we, I worked at, a video studio, uh, all completely free and we actually still operate out of there. Um, so for, for the last five years, we've been blessed to have um, the website taken care of at no cost, the office at no cost. The, um, uh, we've had so many things donated to us and it was like God was providing the, for, the minister, for the apostolate and it was organically growing. And I had to answer a call to go full time. And I, I, about two years ago, three years ago now, I've been now full time. And thanks to a donor um, and now partner, business partner, Kevin Bailey, who came in um, into my life uh, after an interesting prayer. I said a prayer to God. I said, look, if Scott Hahn accepts an invitation to come to Australia, I'll take that as a sign that you want me to continue this, this ministry because we were struggling financially. The very next day, I get a phone call from this man named Kevin. Um, and he said, are you Charbel? I said, yes. He said, Scott Hahn told me to call you. Um, and I said, you're kidding. <laughs> he had no idea that I just said a prayer the day before that, um, you know, Lord, show me the way. Do you want me to show me a sign? And, and the very, the very next day I get my sign. So, um, I told him the story. He came over to Sydney and then we, we combined forces and he's now a co-director of Perusia and he's been donating regularly to Perusia as well. He's, um, he had a very successful business career and he's, he's since retired from that and he's, He's been able to support Catholic ministries around Australia. And he actually featured in um, a conference together, Immortal Combat. So Kevin Bailey's done a great, great job there. Uh, he's in Melbourne. I'm in Sydney. So we have a Melbourne office and a Sydney office. And uh, we now have um, seven, eight staff now, including Kevin and Melbourne. So we're a team of eight people. So not only do I work full-time, I've got another full-time person and, and about six part-time workers. And it's been it's been such a blessing. And just in the last five years, I think we've reached more people than the previous nine years. So over 15 years of Perusia, um, the number, I need to update the numbers there, but it, it's, it's been about, about 300 to 400,000 in person. And thanks to um, the internet, it's been over a million people through the internet. So thanks be to God, we're reaching souls and that's the goal. And we're now doing events, uh, still distributing resources, publishing books, and um, and doing courses as well. So uh, I've just been very blessed to to be a part of this and loving every minute of it. I pinch myself every day thinking, this is not a job, this is a mission. I love it and uh, it never feels like work. And uh, my wife is part of the mission with me 
and uh, we're, we're able to still survive, raise a family, and and be able to dedicate our full-time uh, life to to this apostolate. So what a blessing. Amen. Amen. I think of uh, this is why we named this show Hungry for More. Uh, yeah. we're, we're hungry for more of the faith. And stories like this, Charbel, uh, give a lot of us hope because I think sometimes we think our our voice is being drowned out. There's so many voices now competing for us, um, our, you know, our energy, our thoughts. And uh, yet uh, the Lord is asking us to just forge ahead, keep preaching the gospel in season and out of season. And uh, again, I think of what Fulton Sheen taught so many of us is that uh, you make the sacrifice to save one soul. Um, mm. You know, my motto that I've had on the back of um, our Bishop Sheen, um, uh, the school of Sheen, a little apostle that I set up years ago. It's simply, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And it's that motto that's on the back of this hoodie that uh, is so important to not only myself, but so many. It's about saving souls. And yes. if we can do our part to help save one soul, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And, uh, you know, I found very... Um, a great wisdom that Archbishop Sheen shared uh, to me, but to millions, is this whole thing of going to the Blessed Virgin Mary, to trust in her. And um, he had a great confidence in the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I can see, of course, uh, with Perusia Media, uh, this great love for the Blessed Virgin Mary, love for the Rosary, and uh, this uh, upcoming pilgrimage that you're doing uh, sounds very exciting. Uh, looks like it's, you know, 20 days or... Um, you know, again, I just was reading the website uh, just uh, last week, and uh, I'm very excited to uh, participate in this. And um, tell us a little bit about the pilgrimage and what you hope to accomplish and um, a little bit about the background on that. Sure. Yeah. Th thank you, Alan. Um, uh, right behind me, you see the graphic. Um, it's the spiritual rosary pilgrimage. So it's, it's a virtual pilgrimage. Um, and uh, the idea came, I mean, in the last few months, we've seen this um, this real popular explosion of great apostolates doing these virtual conferences. And it's been such a great thing. Uh, the virtual Catholic conferences, the Mortal Kombat, Smart Catholics, what Dominic's been doing, Father uh, Longnecker, and, um, you know, and, and seeing all these great apostles doing these wonderful events. And I say, bring them on, bring more. I mean, the more the merrier. Um, because people now have options. They, they can get access to this. It, it's helped me tremendously. And we've been blessed as Perusia to be affiliates and partners with these, with these. And we learned so much and we thought we should do something ourselves. And it was interesting, this idea of a pilgrimage rather than just a, a weekend. Um, the difference, I guess, in a weekend, you've got sort of two or three days, you'll consume the content that typically got so many talks, you, you may not get through all of them. And then you would purchase a, a VIP pass after, and then you have access and, and, and they're great. It's, it's very effective and, and it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. We just thought um, a friend of mine from Brisbane, Martin, he did a Pentecost pilgrimage, this idea of, of virtually um, leading up to Pentecost from Easter. So six weeks leading up to Easter, having sending two emails a week with um, talks on the Holy Spirit. I participated in that. And 90 countries were represented in this, in this pilgrimage. Over 9,000 people registered. It was completely free. And by the end of uh, Pentecost, he said, he approached me and he said, Charbel, um, uh, look, I've, I've uh, 
I've done the Pentecost pilgrimage. I'm, I'm pretty much done. I don't know what to do now with it. Um, would you like to, would Perusia like to uh, take it on and, and, and see what else you can do? And, and he, he gave me a call a week or so after, and he said, I had this idea. What about a rosary pilgrimage? And, and right away, it just clicked. I said, that's just exactly what we need. Um, initially, it was going to be like a 10-week thing. And I thought, no, after prayer, I thought, you know what? It might be nice to do it as a birthday to Our Lady on September 8th and finish on October 7th. So it's a four-week pilgrimage starting on, on the birthday of Mary. And we will be having um, meditations on each mystery. So there are 20 mysteries of the rosary. We invite speakers to share um, a reflection on that mystery. Um, and so we've got some big names coming on board, which is so exciting. Uh, Father um, Calloway um, is coming on. Scott Hahn himself is coming on. Jason Nevitt, Christopher West, uh, Father... Um, Father Leo, Father Larry Richards. Uh, there's um, a, a range of uh, powerful speakers. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Um, of course, lots of local speakers. Um, yeah, I'm just being amazed of, of who, the, the lineup, incredible lineup of speakers that have come back. Yourself, Alan, um, to be a part of it, which is quite exciting. Um, but uh, the idea is 20 mysteries plus some keynote addresses. So talks about the power of the rosary and, and we'll, we releasing these throughout the journey. So over four weeks, it's completely free to register. The, the, the idea is um, you would journey from Our Lady's birthday to the Feast of the Rosary and enter into a relationship with her son by going through the mysteries of the Rosary, learning the life of Christ from Scripture, but with Our Lady. Basically, imagine Mary holding her hand right through this whole time, but she's pointing always to her son and always directing us to her son. And, and so we... It's, it's a real Bible study, actually, um, a Bible study from, from um, the announcement of, of, of Jesus, from the Annunciation all the way to the coronation of Mary, Queen of Heaven. And what a beautiful present we can give her. It, it, I can't think of a better birthday present than dedicating um, this and getting thousands of people around the world to pray and journey with, with Our Lady and her son up to the Feast of the Rosary. And what we hope is that People will have a new appreciation of the rosary. They'll realize the power of the rosary, um, the importance of it, and and really um, knock out any misconceptions out there about what, what it is. A lot of people still don't understand what the rosary is. And I think if we do understand it more and, and fall in, we'll fall in love with it, it's literally, um, it's praying scripture. And it's not just, we always forget who Mary is. Mary isn't just a, a woman who gave birth to Jesus and we move on. This this woman is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. This woman is a daughter from God the Father as well and mother of God the Son. I mean, this is what a relationship she has with the Trinity. Unlike anyone else, she can claim that she's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So if we, we call on the Holy Spirit, we can also be asking for the intercession of Our Lady, who is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So this is quite a beautiful thing and we can take it for granted, but Mary is always there for us and I think um, this is a real uh, eye-opener for me that um, she's always there to guide us to her son. She's always there to guide us to the church. It's never about her. Um, it's about about helping us to get to heaven and, and joining her in the kingdom. And I love that. And this rosary pilgrimage, I encourage everyone, if they went to our um, website, there's a big banner. I noticed you showed it a few times. Um, if they register, pop their email in completely free, you'll get a uh, um, two emails a week of, of these talks from some of the world's best speakers. 
sharing why they pray the rosary, why they value the rosary, and also um, hopefully it will help you deepen your meditation on the mysteries of the rosary as well. So um, I, I highly encourage people to do it. So that's our full focus is trying to get people to register for the rosary pilgrimage now. Yes. And I think as people, um, you know, start to experience uh, what it is like to be on a pilgrimage, uh, I've been blessed for many years leading pilgrimages and uh, seeing how hearts are touched um, after day two, day three, day four. Um, when you set out on a journey and you're on a pilgrimage, it's amazing how God, uh, sometimes it's a time release formula. Sometimes it's instantaneous for other people but uh, it's that cumulative effect. And I know that this pilgrimage will be like that, that uh, with each day, it'll build upon um, the lesson from before. And uh, people, as you say, will be doing a Bible study uh, with yes. uh, tens of thousands of other people all over the world. And, and that is the power of the rosary. It is this uh, falling in love with Jesus because we meditate on his life his death, his resurrection. And so um, Mary points us to Jesus. And um, again, I always think that, uh, you know, what I've learned from Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen is he's helping us to practice for eternity. Uh, we're going to spend our eternity with our Lord and our lady. And uh, so we need to practice. And uh, I like what Fulton Sheen said, you know, uh, judgment day is coming. So it's better to know the judge before judgment day and uh, things will be well for you. So, uh, but to have our mother, of course, uh, with us and to help us and to intercede for us, uh, we need to grow in love with her. So uh, this pilgrimage will help many do that. So I'm excited. I've signed up. Uh, again, I will give my uh, little sharings here and there as I can. Uh, I'm blessed that I've been hosting a weekly rosary show since 2006. I go into a little radio station, um, the rosary the chaplet of mercy i read a few uh, meditations from the lives of the saints and it's amazing the phone calls that come into the station from um, protestants and catholics alike about the power of the rosary so um, again i have dozens and dozens of conversion stories and stories of where protestants uh, truly enjoy and find many great blessings from the rosary so it is a prayer for everyone um, including Muslims too. Yes. <laughs> and, um, again, uh, again, Mary doesn't um, play favorites, really. Yes. Uh, she loves us all. She loves us all. So um, you know, um, Charbel, you there's so much, and again, we'll go a little over time today because I think I want everyone to, to know that, um, um, you know, this is an international apostolate now. This is the beauty of the internet is that um, everyone from North America, South America, Europe, Asia can access your site. And uh, I know that you have, uh, you know, speakers that can be booked through your site. You have pilgrimages, you have catechesis. Um, tell us a little bit about, again, just a little plug to say, hey, visit our site and you can access this, access that and uh, share it with your family and friends. So yeah, sure. It, it just, it just, um, it accumulated over the years just the amount of amount of ways we could reach souls how do we save souls and what started off with just cds developed to dvds and then books and now we're publishing books and and so we started to look at okay there's physical media there's digital media and we pulled all that under one title okay what do we do very hard to say what we do in a nutshell but media is one aspect and when i mean media i'm talking about resources 
I'm talking about um, products that help nurture the faith. And I'd like to see it as we're not just a bookstore. We're not like a, not a place where you just go and buy something. What you're doing is you're engaging with the staff and the website. And what we'd like to, I guess, see ourselves as is, is guides on the journey in your spiritual life. So if you need something about prayer, well, then we've got something for you. If you want to have inspiration about the faith, well, we, we can we can recommend a range of different testimonies. If you're looking to go deeper in theology and philosophy, then the idea is not we're not just selling you a product. We're guiding you on a spiritual journey. And so there's this guidance that's attached. It's a bit like like a doctor subscription, a GP. They would subscribe certain medication. Um, or what we, we'd like to see ourselves as we're like subscribing a particular resource for your need. And so you might need this for that uh, that that point or this for this. And and so recognizing and respecting the fact that not everyone is on the same page. Um, some people are just discovering God for the first time. Some people are questioning God's existence at all. So we can't give them uh, the Summa Theologica in one hit. <laughs> we've got to we've got to lead them down this journey. And, and I think over the years, we've accumulated enough resources to show that we can help guide you um, and, and source some of the world's best um, resources. Now, I don't say that they're the best because we've done them. That's because other people are doing them. And so why reinvent the wheel? We, we tap into the best. Those doing apologetics very well, let's go to Catholic Answers. Those who are doing Bible studies, I mean, Augustine Institute's doing great. Franciscan University in Steubenville. Um, television, radio, that's EWTN. Um, you know, they're doing great. Uh, there's Shalom Media. There's others. We don't see ourselves as competition in any way with um, other apostolates. We like to complement what other people are doing. So we're not out there to to merge as one sort of big uh, marriage with people. What we want is respect that everyone has their lane in this ministry, in the ministry of apostolate serving the church, but finding what your calling is. And so if you're doing a great job, Alan, in Canada, what we want to do is what, what can we do together that is not going to um, compromise our work? We're not stepping on each other's toes, but how do we enhance each other? So always looking for a win-win. I need... If I'm not happy that you're successful, then there's something wrong with me. I, I want to see you flourish. And then in turn, we want to see as many people flourish as possible. So I think the next part of our ministry is the idea of, um, we, we call it uh, leadership. So the idea of helping others grow in their apostolate. And we've been helping a lot of startups as well. So we're very happy to announce um, uh, Evangelion, a brand new apostolate in New Zealand, just this week launched. And these are three young people who want to do some um, some great work in, in New Zealand. And so they've asked us for advice over the last few months. And now I'm just so proud of them and they're, they're launching and they're going to start doing events. And, and so that's what I want to see. Jesus made it very clear that the harvest is plentiful, but the labor is a few. And although we have 2 billion uh, Christians registered in the world, 7 billion people in the world, um, you have uh, over almost 2 billion uh, Muslims, a billion Buddhists and a billion uh, Hindus, you're talking about 6 billion um, of the world's population believe in a God and religion, less than 1 billion uh, atheists or agnostics. However, it feels like it's the exact opposite. In our world, in the Western world, it feels like most people doubt in God's existence. Most people don't practice a faith. And that's the feeling we get thanks to the media, thanks to the institutions out there. And so I feel like we need to do a lot better job in collaborating, do a lot better in, in lifting each other up and promoting each other. And that's where um, a lot of our work with parishes, schools, 
um, Bible studies, study groups, nurturing people's faith and take them on a journey so they can be raised to the next level and become leaders so they can start their own apostolate and get out there and whatever it is. And so we want to see that. So I feel like we're in a very funny position here. Thanks to the um, just trusting in God's providence and, and just stepping out in faith. We need to help others get into the battle. Um, and we need, we need more of us. And uh, uh, it would, if I, before I die, if I can see, you know, thousands more apostles doing great work, I would know that uh, we've done our job. So if, if the idea is to not be um, a one, a one, one apostolate that sort of dominates the rest. It's each apostolate helping each other. And, and, um, and that's why I, I think God is blessing this in a way that is allowing us to reach more souls. Um, in the last four months, during, during the lockdown, we've reached more souls than the last four years. Um, and I, I just think, wow, let's keep going. So we've got the free podcast, articles, giveaways, events, courses. And the next big thing coming up next year is an academy. So we're working on this Perusia Academy and that's, that's in the pipeline. We've started filming and we hope to have an online academy teaching the faith, um, philosophy, theology, um, uh, sacraments, scripture, you name it, apologetics. And uh, we've got the likes of Scott Hahn agreeing to come on, Ed Shree, Don John Bergsma, uh, locals like Robert Haddad, Andrew Wood, uh, professors from universities um, getting on board. And, and I'm quite excited to see that. Um, and that'll be launched next year. So, that's a little, it's not yet uh, launched, but it's, uh, I've just sort of let it out of the bag there, but uh, your, your listeners and followers could be the first to know about this academy that um, is, is in the pipeline to launch next year. So um, very excited to where this is all going and, and thanks be to God. We're just going to step out in faith and trust and whatever he wants us to do. And I'd like to sort of, it's the surrender prayer, right? You, you sort of say, Lord, do with me what you will. Um, it's not my will, but your will be done. And, and, and then you let go and it's very it's very scary very daunting but then once we trust step out in faith and you realize okay um uh, it's okay it's not bad god's got my back he he knows what's going on he knows what we need to do and so you just step out in faith and and what happens is i just say lord whatever door opens i'll walk through whatever door closes i take it as a sign that you don't want me to go through and that's it and i've been doing that for the last five years uh, and uh, and I've just been walking through open doors. <laughs> so never say no, just say yes to whatever opens up and, and that's it. He's guiding it. So I, I, I'm loving it. I'm, I feel free, free. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's almost like, you know, in the old days, uh, the Red Sea parted, you walk right through, yes. um, <laughs> the doors are opening for you. So uh, again, God is on our side. This is one yeah. thing that I, I say, you know, yeah, there's difficult times. There's times where you think, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Only three people saw this. Or uh, sometimes, again, you'll get something that's very popular. But still, I think it's, you just think of all the competing voices. But still, in this world with internet, you don't know what's happening when someone's clicking that mouse and hearing the gospel maybe for the first time. Uh, and a lot of times, a lot of these people will share the God incident of that mouse click or that channel change or that radio dial where they all of a sudden tune in and are evangelized. So uh, we just have to keep doing what we're doing. And thank you, Charbel, for doing what you're doing in Australia and uh, Perusia Media. And so we're going to pray uh, for the intercession of Fulton Sheen to help you with Perusia. And you. Uh, we usually end our program with this prayer. And so I'll have the producer, Ken Kohalski, put a picture of Venerable Sheen up on the screen and we'll pray. 
And so please join me in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal Father, you alone grant us every blessing in heaven and on earth through the redemptive mission of your divine Son, Jesus Christ, and by the working of the Holy Spirit. If it be according to your will, glorify your servant, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, by granting the favor I now request through his prayerful intercession. And here we pray for God's blessing upon Perusia Media and all of the uh, sponsors, the contributors, all the faithful who are behind this mission. And we ask God to hear our prayer and we make this confidently through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. And pray so, um, Charbel, thank you for coming on the show. We'll have you back uh, real soon. Um, I think uh, there's lots of questions I want to ask you about uh, engaging um, Muslims. And of course, yes. uh, we're called to uh, share the faith. And sometimes we have to wrestle uh, with, uh, our, you know, with people. And again, that's just, this is beautiful. When we talk about running the, running the race and fighting the fight, uh, sometimes we have to engage in battle. So uh, I think we could do a show just on that interaction between Muslims and not just Muslims, but uh, other uh, people of other faiths. And so, um, again, I think it's this uh, iron sharpens iron, but, um, and we do that at men's ministry, of course, we use that scripture a great deal. But I think sometimes we need to listen to other people who have engaged in this conversation. I know you've engaged with many Muslims, the conversation of comparing uh, the Quran to the Bible. And, uh, but I think the best uh, witness you have is the joy that you have in your heart. Uh, I think they see that and they say, he's got something, he's got something. So uh, thank you for sharing that something with us today. So uh, yeah, Shabelle, anything you'd like to say before we sign off? I just- uh, yeah. Thank you. I wanna thank you for having me. Um, I, I'll, I'll just do a quick reminder and plug that I only scratch the surface of the story. And as you say, there, there are more discussions I have with Muslims and, and there's a whole bunch of apologetics we can go through. Um, the book is now available at parisiamedia.com. And I could do a special for, for everyone watching. Uh, and it, it's only going to be temporary because we've got a code. But if you went on our website and you went to find this book, the ebook, I know that those around the world, the shipping can be very expensive as I've experienced in the past. So I've got it in an ebook form. And if people just literally type the code and check out Islam, I-S-L-A-M in capital letters, they'll get 100% off the ebook. And so you could read the book for free um, if you went to our website, clicked on that um, book and, and, and get it for free. Um, and uh, please, yeah, shout out if it's had any impact on you. I'd love to hear it. And thank you for what you're doing, Alan. I'm, I'm praying for your ministry and everyone involved. And I, I'm looking forward to collaborating with you more and more and and really helping and promoting Fulton Sheen because he's had an impact on me personally, but I think he is more relevant today than he ever has been. And um, what a real prophet of our times. Um, so we'll pray to him and have a devotion to him. And we pray one day for the canon canonization. You know, we, we wait to, to call him St. Fulton Sheen one day. I can't wait for that day. So thank you for what you're doing. And, um, and we'll be praying for you and, and looking forward to seeing you part of the rosary pilgrimage. So, so thank you again. Thank you. Yes. All right. Um, everyone, of course, thanks for joining us this week. And we invite you to come back next week. And um, I continue to pray for us here at the Fiat Ministry Network and the Patchwork Heart Ministry Network. And uh, of course, we've got something 
uh, almost, uh, I think, a, a number of days a week. Uh, there's always something on the Fiat Ministry Network, so please uh, tune in. And uh, again, everyone, until next week, stay hungry, stay happy, stay holy, and we'll see you next time on another edition of Hungry for More. God love you. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present Hear Your Faith, a brand new audio subscription service that features a growing collection of uplifting Catholic audio choruses, talks, and other exclusive content to help you grow deeper in your faith and knowledge of Catholicism. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry.